0: How are you guys this morning? You doing well? You guys are awake? Good, I'm awake too. <laughs> that always makes it good. Hey, listen, you know, the, those lyrics in that last song just captivated me earlier and I just wanna say, I mean, it is, oh man, just the glorious power of the gospel, being reminded of that, that he has called our name for us to run out of that grave, huh? I mean, he called your name, he called my name, that we would not be bound any longer to a tomb of shame, a tomb of death, a tomb of of disease, a tomb of, of darkness, but he called your name, he called my name to come out of that grave, to come out of that place of darkness into his glorious light. And there's nothing that we did to earn it, nothing we did to deserve it. All he did is called your name, and you responded, you believed. And that's how we receive the good news of the glorious gospel. That's good news, guys. We didn't earn it. He's given it to us. He's made all things new, and this is a beautiful thing. Well, I want to talk with you a little bit about that, but what I really want to talk with you about is a really encouraging thing we always love to talk about, and that's suffering, (laughs) right? (laughs) Who loves to talk about suffering? We really don't like to talk about suffering or struggle, but if we're honest, struggling and suffering is a part of the Christian walk. And what we need to learn how to do is find that place of Jesus in the midst of that, that he's never far, he's always near, he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you. Sometimes, though, we feel like maybe he is far away, but guess what, he lives on the inside of you if you're a believer. Christ sent you the hope of glory, and it's those times of struggle, there's those times of suffering that really bring us into a place where we begin to mature we begin to grow we begin to develop maybe a place of greater compassion and empathy or perseverance perseverance in those places that we can't get at any other time you know we have we were just mlmp great awesome time we're in that mountaintop experience great we need those things where we encounter god because you know what we need in those moments because we're going to hit the valley of the shadow of death. And he doesn't want us to fear any evil because he's with us and he wants to teach us how to lie down in green pastures, to drink from streams of living water. But you know, if we don't have those times of like knowing how glorious the gospel is, how good he is, that he really is inviting us into a relationship That he wants us to enjoy him and enjoy the mission, when the mission gets hard, then what happens? We, we shrink back and we want to go back into that tomb. We want to be encapsulated in the suffering and the pain and that's not where God called you. He called you out of that place. So never go back, <laughs> you never go back. Now we can't go back in the sense that we, but we, we can get trapped by the enemy in thinking that's where are to live. And, but Jesus has called you free. He's made you free. Well, I love this statement that John Wimber used to say you see, uh, that we're both the missionary and the mission field. Now, what he meant by that is that God works in us and God works through us. God's working in us and God's working through us. We're both the missionary and the mission field. So God, as we're going out and we're doing the work of the kingdom, there's also things that we need to receive and, and that we're walking, we're growing into our, uh, you know, the, into faith. We're growing into his likeness. We're growing into those places. And we need places where we need to have people come alongside us and and begin to speak to the things that is. That's why we, the church is so important. Community is so important because you know what? we need one another. This race is not one that you run alone, it's what you run together. And we do that in community. And guess what? All of you guys are, we're the body of Christ, we're Jesus was skin on to one another and Jesus skin was skin on out into the world. We're all called to be the missionary in the mission field to allow us, God to move through us, but we also need God to begin to just uh, form his character and image on the inside of us. You know, we're also all wounded healers. At some level, there's a wound. Some, at some level, there's something you're carrying that God is wanting you to become victorious over. We're called overcomers for a reason, because that means there's something that we have to overcome. You know, there's a wound that God wants to, to he, is healing on the inside of us. But we may be wounded healers, but we're not hopeless, help, helpless victims, that God doesn't wanna put us into that place. Now, you might have been a victim of something, and I don't ever wanna you know, di- diminish that, but sometimes the enemy will put you into that and put that as your identity, and that's not your identity. What was done to you is not who you are, and you—you're not to be hopeless, but you're to be filled with hope because of the glorious gospel, the good news that God loves you, that you're an overcomer, that all things are being made new, even in your struggle, even through the storms that hit your life. So I want to just be honest with you this morning a little bit and talk about um, a struggle that I, I've had at, at times in my life. Have any of you guys have ever had a bad day on purpose? Kind of an interesting way to ask that, right? Now, we can't always, you know, help what comes our way. You know, sometimes just stuff, life is hitting us and it can irritate us and we can get frustrated. And if we allow to let that thing kind of cultivate in our mind, then guess what happens? Not only do we have a bad, <laughs> you know, bad day, but now we're letting everybody else know we're having a bad day on purpose, right? And it's just kind of leaking out everywhere. And so I was in one of those bad days, just totally just being consumed by whatever was going on. I still to this day don't remember what I was mad at or what I was frustrated about, but I allowed that thing to so captivate me that I spoke very inappropriately to my wife. I remember uh, yelling at my kids, even kicking at my dog Ruby and slapping the door or the wall as I was heading out to go to the movies. <laughs> You're like. Should this guy even be up here speaking, (laughs) right? You know, so I was in that place, I was allowing that thing to consume me so much, I was forgetting who I was. And so here I was, I was driving to the movies and trying to get there on time because I hate to miss the previews, right? You pay all that money, I wanna get my money's worth, right? So I'm driving, I get a phone call, and to this day, I don't know why I picked up the phone call, but, but I did. As I picked it up, my friend, his name was Ed, goes, hey, Brian, how's your faith today? (laughs) Who in the world calls you and asks you questions like that? (laughs) Especially when you're having a bad day. I don't wanna call like that, right? I said, Ed, I can't talk to you right now. I'm on my way to the movies. I'm so sorry. He said, no, Brian, I need you to talk to to me for a couple minutes. I said, I can't talk to you, Ed. Please, I gotta get to the movies. I'm gonna miss the previews, (laughs) you know? And Ed says, no, listen, man, I have this guy, and he's working on our uh, bathroom and kitchen doing some remodeling, and he can't do any work anymore. He is in tremendous amount of pain. He was actually born with a club foot, twisted, and one leg short, the other, he's in tremendous pain, and he can't finish the work. I need you to pray for him. And I went, no, I'm going to the movies, Ed. Well, Ed didn't take no for an answer, and he hands the phone to the young man. (laughs) I mean, who in the world calls you up and asks you how your faith is, now puts you on a phone call that you don't even want to be on a phone call with to pray for someone you don't want to pray for? (laughs) My friends do, I need new friends. (laughs) You give me my friend if you don't do those things, okay? And so this guy goes, hey, I know Ed wants you to pray for me. Listen, I've been prayed for all my life and nothing has ever happened. I'm like, yeah, and today nothing's gonna happen either. Now I didn't say that out loud. (laughs) I said that on the inside. (laughs) Because, you know, I'm having a bad day. (laughs) You know, I'm having a bad day on purpose. There's no way God could come through that. And all of a sudden I hear this whisper of the Holy Spirit. and Now that whisper had to go through some junk. It had to travel through some things because... It had traveled through how I spoke inappropriate to my wife, how I yelled at my kids, how I kicked at my dog Ruby and slapped the wall as I'm taking my son to the movies. And he just whispered, and said, Brian, I want you to pray for him. And I was like, okay, Lord, but short, because I want to get to the previews, <laughs> you know. Just be honest. So I just said, all right, in Jesus' name, I command your leg to be healed, amen. And this is what I hear, ah! and I went, is that a good scream or a bad scream? Because I don't have time for a bad scream, <laughs> you know. I I, don't, I can't go through any deliverance, man. I can, I'm gonna miss the previews for sure, you know. And he's like, No, no, no. It, it, something's happening. Something something's going on my leg. I feel like this burning. I feel something going on. I said, Are you pulling my leg, man? <laughs> you know. And I said, Why don't you go get Ed and we'll see what's going on. He can you know pull up your legs and see if something is stretching and, and something is is being to, to happen. And he goes, Ed's not here. I go, what do you mean Ed's not here? He said, Ed left for the store. I went, what in the world? Man, I'm having a bad day on purpose. A friend calls me, asks me how my faith is. I'm like, what are you doing that for? It gets me to pray for someone I don't want to pray for, and then leaves for the store. This is crazy. And So I said, is there anybody else there in the house? He said, well, Ed's wife, Pam's here. Um, I said, well, why don't you put it on speaker and have her come? Now, she heard the scream, so she was like, what's going on? And sees him, well, he's been praying for me. Something's going on. My leg is burning. I feel a stretching. And she goes, I said, what do I do, do, Brian? I said, I don't know what to do except just pull his leg in front. We'll pray again and see what happens. She goes, okay. So she does. She holds his legs in her hand, and she's looking, and and I pray real quick, in Jesus' name, legs be healed, and you hear, ah! And ice cream as well. <laughs> and she goes, Oh my god, it just popped out and straightened. His leg is completely healed. And he's like, Ah! And I'm like, great! I can go to the movies now. <laughs> you know? And so I'm going and stepping into the movies, and all of a sudden, guess what happens? I get another phone call. Guess who it is? Ed. Why did I pick it up? You know, I picked it up and I said. Ed, what do you need? I'm about ready to hit the preview and I'm gonna miss it, my friend. He goes, listen, he said, I'm mad at you. I said, what are you mad at me for? He said, what did you do to my friend? I said, what did I do to your friend? I simply prayed for him like you asked me to. Yeah, man, but all he's doing is standing in my living room going, oh my God, oh my God, my leg's healed. Oh my God, oh my God, Jesus is real. Oh my God, oh my God, uh, my leg's straight and he's not getting any work done. I'm like, Ed, you can't have it both ways, my friend. I said, I'm mad at you. He said, why are you mad at me? I said, Ed, you know how to pray for the sick. Why didn't you pray for him? And this is what Ed said to me, because I was having a bad day. (laughs) True story. Now, I'm not advocating that we speak inappropriate to our wife or our spouse or we yell at our kids or we kick at our dog or we slapped the wall. <laughs> I am advocating you get to the movies early so you can not miss the previews. But uh, other than that, but sometimes we have bad days. Sometimes we forget who we are. Sometimes we allow life just to get to us. And we start to come back into that grave. We come back into that dark place and that's not where you've been called. He called you out by name to stand out of that and to be something. But here's the the glorious thing, When when the gospel flows in and through you, it does something in your heart. And in that moment, I was like, oh God, oh God. You moved through me when I was acting like that? I didn't care about the previews anymore. All I wanted to do is call my wife and repent. I called Jean. I'm so sorry. for The way I did, should that to you. Put the kids on. I repent to the kids. Oh, kids, I'm so sorry. Put the dog on. You know I me. Mean? I mean, I wanted to repent, man, and repent well because the God. I just saw the gospel move through this and begin to remind me who I am, and I'm not that. But sometimes we struggle, sometimes we forget who we are, and so what do we do? We just simply repent, change the way that we are thinking, and begin to believe the good news of the gospel, and something begins to get gospel back into our heart, we're going, oh, that's who I am, (laughs) you know? And that's all we need to do is to be in those places of just letting the love of God, the mission of God come into that place. You know, I love this, my wife makes this brilliant statement, and she says this, she says that God, um, that Jesus doesn't, um, well, what did did she say that was so brilliant? You know, I had it in my notes, it was really brilliant, oh, here it is, I found it. (laughs) My wife, she really is brilliant, uh, my wife makes this brilliant statement, God doesn't give his mission to the mature, he matures those on mission. Let me say that again, okay? God doesn't give his mission to the mature. He matures those on mission. This is a beautiful thing. We see Jesus and he sends out the 12 disciples. and He sends them out in the power and the authority of the kingdom. Wherever they go, they're to you know, proclaim the, the gospel, the kingdom, to heal the sick, Uh, cast out demons, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, freely receive, freely give, and he sends them out before they're all cleaned up, before they're all ready. He sends them out in this place knowing that he is going to mature them along the way in the mission. I mean, we have Peter, you know, who is definitely probably a cusser, you know, (laughs) and he is attitude, having bad days on purpose all the time. I mean, he's reaching out, pulling a sword, cutting ears off people, you know, (laughs) And Jesus has to put him back on, you know? You got James and John fighting. <laughs> you got Judas stealing, you know, everywhere they're going. I mean, he has this ragtag of guys that are just, right? They don't know who they are. They don't know who he is. But through, when the kingdom comes, they are recognizing who in the world are you? You know, they know they don't have the power to do this. And, and they recognize and they begin to mature in this process. Something begins to come, you know, uh, things begin to rise to the surface and they begin to understand that there is something they need. They need this Jesus. They need this gospel. They need to know that, yeah, they were, without Jesus, there's, there's nothing. And so I, I just love that, that, God matures us when, through the mission, that it's not just we have to get all cleaned up, we have to be all together. You know, here's the thing too, you know, if it, it wasn't just his disciples, but we had John the Baptist, one of the greatest men that ever lived on the earth, one of the greatest prophets, and you know, he was Jesus' cousin, they grew up together. And I can imagine they probably you know, heard all the stories and, of you know the, the angels coming to their moms and speaking about the prophecies of their life. and you know, John's out now out in the, the wilderness, he's baptizing people, and he looks off for a moment and he sees uh, what recognizes as his cousin, and he looks again and he sees something different. He's like, "That's not my cousin." He says, "Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world." It's like... He sees now this Jesus, the Messiah. It was his cousin and he's coming forward and he ends up baptized and the heavens open up and said, this is my son and who I'm well pleased with. And Jesus begins, starts his ministry and goes on. But so Jesus is, he sees Jesus. He sees the lamb of God. He beholds the kingdom coming. The things that they've been praying for, the things that they've been spoken of for you know hundreds of years has now come now we find John in a storm, we find John in a struggle, we find him imprisoned, about ready to get his head cut off, and what happens? He begins to wonder, was this really the Lamb of God? Was this the Messiah or do we look for another? Have you ever been in that place in your life where you've, you've been like that, like things aren't going the way that you thought or you've had some prophetic words or promises and they're, they're turning out a little different? And you're starting to wonder, do we look for another? And then John's disciples go to Jesus. They're talking. And Jesus said, go, go tell John this. The blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk. You know, the, the dead are raised and the gospels preach to the poor. The kingdom has Come. You know, where John was seeing the kingdom come in a, in a structural military way, Jesus was coming with the kingdom to destroy darkness and destroy the enemy that was puppeteering all of this thing that was going around. He was destroying this thing. But John couldn't see that a moment, so when he got caught up in that place, he began to wonder something different that happens to us all. If it could happen to the great John, the Baptist, it could happen to us. You know, storms in our life are, are not fun, are they? But they come. And I can guarantee you, at some point in your life, you're gonna encounter a storm, you're gonna encounter a struggle. You know, there's a couple different storms that Jesus talks about in the, in the Bible. One is he gets in the, the boat with the, these 12 guys that are fishermen, and they've been on, you know, out on the water when there's been stormy weather, but this time, I mean, there is, it's crazy storm, Right? But Jesus said, we're gonna to get to the other side. Well, they didn't hear that part because they got so captivated by the winds and the waves begin to beat at them that they are flipping out and they look over and Jesus is asleep. And they're like, how can somebody sleep in a time like this, you know? They're like, Jesus, don't you care? Don't you see what we're going through? The wind and waves are, we're gonna die, have you ever been in a place like that where you're like, man, Jesus, where are you? And he feels like he's asleep. Don't you care? Don't you, don't you see what's going on? And it's like he's asleep. I've, I've felt like that at times. But, but then Jesus, they wake him up and Jesus is like, you guys have little faith. And he calms the storm and here's the thing, they make it to the other side. I think times in our life that's what Jesus wants us to do is to be able to believe what the Father has said and and Jesus embodied that so much, right? That he allowed himself to rest in what the Father told him that they would get to their side. And there's times in our life that that's the best way to go through a storm or struggle or through suffering is to go into that place of just resting, knowing you're gonna get to their side. Other times it's we gotta speak to the storm and tell it to stop, to be still, there's storms that are gonna come, but we look to the Lord and we exercise the faith that he's given us either to rest or to rebuke the storm that's coming towards us. You know, Jesus suffered. He said he suffered through the things he learned and, and grew in obedience through the things that he suffered. and. You know, this is, he was the God-man, 100% God, 100% man, that he was encapsulated in this flesh like you and I, and he suffered everything that we suffered, well, actually more, because he endured and suffered the cross, right? He took on our sin. He took on death itself. He took on so much, but it says, I love this passage in Hebrews 5:7. It says, in the days of his flesh, meaning the day that he walked upon the earth until he was ascended, he cried out with loud petitions and cries to the one that could save him. So here's Jesus, and he knows the plan, he knows the mission. Why is he crying out? Because he is experiencing and feeling everything. Or he couldn't be what he is now, our great high priest, who stands in the heavens and he intercedes before you, before, before the Father on your behalf. He's praying for you. He's praying for me. He's calling out your name each and every day. You weren't in that grave. You're not in that grave anymore. You've been resurrected in life. You've been risen. You're with me. Believe. He's praying that for you. But he allowed himself to go through the suffering, through the torment, through the storms, to show us how to do it. To be led by what the Father said and not by what was the circumstances that were going on. So we follow Jesus. Jesus is always with us. He is at hand. Let me tell you about a storm that happened to me and my wife and our family. About 2012, a friend of ours came with a, a prophecy and said, Brian, there's two storms that are coming after you. One's from God and one's from the enemy, but they're both after your heart. And the enemy storm is gonna hit your children to pierce your heart. And I'm like, I want another prophecy, (laughs) you know? I thought prophecies were to edify, build up and strengthen, I don't feel any of that. Can I have another one, (laughs) you know? So I took that prophecy and I put it on the shelf and 2013 comes rolling around and the storm hits. We were called to plant a church and at the same time of planting a church, something crazy happens. I get hit with this unknown disease called achalasia, this rare disease called achalasia, where my esophagus quits working. Literally, I can't eat, I'm choking, I'm having all this pain, and doctors can't figure it out for a long time, and I'm suffering in my body. My mom gets stage four melanoma cancer, and she's dying. My son, who is uh, nine at a time, gets this horrible disease called PANDAS, and he literally goes from a normal kid to a special needs kid overnight. Now, Pandas is a pediatric autoimmune something, neuro, neuroma, whatever, whatever a disorder associated with strep. All you need to know is a strep infection that hit his brain that caused his immune system to go wild and he went from a normal kid to a special needs kid overnight. I mean literally screaming, crying, 24 hours a day, he could barely get any sleep, beating at his face, rolling around, can't eat, can't drink. And this is what the Lord says: I want you to plant the church, and I want you to go pray for the sick like you've never prayed for the sick before. You talk about a storm, a trial, a tribulation, and I'm going out, and I am seeing people get healed left and right, blind eyes, deaf ears, canes being you know thrown away, uh, you know people coming to, into the kingdom, but. I am coming home like barely, like making it because I'm in such agony and pain in my physical body and then agony and pain when I see my son rolling on the ground, crying out and we can't help him. And the best the doctors can tell us is let's institutionalize them. And my mom's dying of stage four melanoma cancer. This is a storm I'm in. Jesus, are you asleep? <laughs> Where are you? So loud petitions are, Lord, you gotta come, you gotta save me. And Brian, he said this, Brian, this is what I want you to do is don't get caught up in the chaos that's coming towards you, but I want you to be fixated on the commissioning of the good news of the gospel and go after what I've called you to go after. Uh, begin to pray for the sick like you've never prayed for. Go after these things. Go out of your need and, and go begin to serve somebody else. And so I began to do that, but it was hard. It was difficult, it wasn't easy. But I knew the only way that I was gonna get through it was to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And somehow there was rest that came in that, There's somehow there was strength and, and grace that came upon me as I listened to what the Lord was doing. Sometimes we're gonna have storms that make no sense at the time. And listen, this isn't God bringing this. This was the enemy. He brings sickness, death, disease, and destruction. God gives life and life more abundantly, but he allows those situations to come for our strengthening. Now, I told you a little about the story about my son having this horrible disease, my mom dying, and me having this achalacia, planting a church, and now we are called to go pray for the sick like we've never prayed for the sick before. I thought I wouldn't just tell you that, but I thought I would show you a little clip of uh, a team came from uh, a film crew from Switzerland and said, hey, we heard about your story and we want to film your story. We, we really believe that it has a story that needs to be told. And I just want you to share kind of what this story with you, that you can hear kind of the rest of the story of what happened to my son, what happened to my mom, and what happened to me. So if you can take a, a moment and you can play that video, we'll watch it and then I'll come back after that it's in the storms of life where his love and power shine the brightest if we listen for his voice and believe as well as I have a graphic design company. I have uh, six kids, three of which are triplets, and a beautiful wife named Janine. Hey, did okay. you make any new friends today? Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, what? <That's> so <laughs> <That is rude. laughs> What? First of all, I have no friends. <laughs> Second of all, I'm homeschooled. <laughs> so this is Ashley, and Ashley is our youngest. She is part of, yeah, you are. <laughs> I don't want anything. She is one of the triplets. This is Amberlyn. She is 14. Thir- 13. <laughs> yeah, right. right. OK. Um, not too long ago, my son, Tyler, he came down with a, a very unique sickness and disease, became literally a normal kid, a special needs kid overnight. He quit talking. He quit eating. He went into these fits of rage. He would literally lay on the floor and just pound and beat his face. I and mean, this is like, he... <laughs> We all but lost him. We were told to institutionalize him because it was such a, it was incredible, it was horrific. No parent would want to see or experience something like this. We found out what it is, it and was, it was a thing called PANDAS. It's basically a strep infection that hits the brain. While that's happening, my mom gets stage 4 melanoma cancer, and I get a disease called achalasia, where esophagus quits working, while at the same time planting a church. And this is what I hear Jesus say to me. Brian, I want you to pray for the sick like you've never prayed for the sick before. Hey, by any chance, do you happen to have, like, any pain in your right shoulder or lower back area? Nope. Do you happen to have any problem with your neck or your shoulder or your back? All the time. Can I pray for you real quick? Yes. OK, on a scale to 0 to 10, what would you give your pain level right now? now at 10. I just had surgery yesterday. You 10 did? 10. OK, watch it's this. Crazy how you just okay. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence. I commend all the pain to go right now out of your neck. In Jesus' name, you're gonna feel like a warm, tingling presence come on your body, and the pain's gonna go right now for the glory of Christ and your great love. Okay, now move around and tell me what you feel going on in your body. Come, Holy Spirit. There it is, more. Let your power come, let your presence come upon her right there. Gotta bless what you're doing, Call Paula. And ask for more Holy Spirit. Let your power rest upon her right there. More. Let it come. Come, Holy Spirit. Paula, what are you experiencing right now? My body is twitching right now. It's twitching. Yeah. Where's the pain at? Move it around. Look for it. You're feeling the presence of God on you. I don't have it. You don't have it. Because like. I've had an incision, but yeah, uh, I can't even talk right now. Yeah, you're just yeah, I think your hands shaking and your eyes were fluttering. Uh-huh. Do you have a phone number or something? Yes, I'll give you my phone number. Yeah, but what's gone? Is there any pain at all in your body? No, completely gone. No. Come on, Jesus, you're just stunned by it, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> have you ever felt anything like this before? No. Uh-uh. No, that's that's Jesus. Is the same Jesus that's touching your body is the same Jesus that wants to come into your heart. Would you like to receive Jesus in your heart, Paula? Yes, sir. Okay, let's pray this. Say, Jesus. Jesus. Would you come into my heart? Would you come into my heart? I give you my life. I give you my life. If you can heal my body, you can heal my, you can heal my heart. You can heal my heart. So I give you all my life. I give you all my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Paula. Hey, is that awesome? Uh, I, I really needed that. You needed that, huh? I really did. Wow. So, so you just felt that. like, like this tingling, yeah, like. I kind of sweat too right now. Yeah. It, so. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. I prayed like not too long ago, like literally right before I came to work, like while I was in here, and then like literally 10 minutes later. He me up. So God heard your prayer. He's pursuing your heart. He's pursuing you. I got one of my drinks. Okay. Just one I just got one drink. I know. Hey, listen. It's kinda of hard to function after that. Oh man. God's just touching you, huh? Yeah. Uh, see right now. So no, no. No, it's okay. God it's amazing because God just touched your body and he touched your heart. And he just loves you. And he heard he really heard your prayer, and that's all he wants you to know. Isn't that amazing? Hey, you call me seriously. Yes, I will. Okay. I will. Hey, bless you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Amen. God bless you. All right. And so I'd go out and I'd pray for the sick. I would see people getting healed left and right, and I'd come home, just in so much pain. And I'd watch my son. I'd come home. He's still on the floor, not sleeping, just out of his mind. But I kept doing it day in and day out, pressing in and doing what Jesus told me to do. Tyler's healing has come through prayer, and Tyler's healing has come through medication. And Tyler's about, probably about 95% healed, but there's still things that he still suffers with, but he goes out and he prays for the sick all the time. Yeah. Nothing left behind, just everything that is wrong with that. Just. Because- Believe in the name of Jesus. Yeah. I I saw you as like a kid and you're running to your father's arms. It was just you and you're just getting embraced. Like you've all, you've always wanted to be noticed, but then he turns but then he turns around. I I haven't forgotten about you. And he gives you a big hug. In fact, my mom, who had stage four melanoma cancer for six years, should have died. We're on a family vacation. This is when she was like skin and bones. We thought this would be the last, you know, trip we'd have with her. On that trip, she was in so much pain, and I had prayed for her so much, and nothing had happened. And so I said, Tyler and to my other two boys, I said, you got to pray for Nana. And so they started praying for Nana. And Tyler looks at at, at Nana, his grandma and says, Nana, the cancer is leaving your body right now, and it will not return. You'll go back to the doctor, and they'll tell you to get off your medication. Your cancer is being healed now. Now, when Tyler said that, I was a little bit shocked because it was like, wow, that was authority. And it was a lot of like, I, God, I hope this happens. Two weeks later, we get a phone call. My mom had went in for a routine, you know, PET scan. And this is what the doctors say. Your PET scan results say, there's no more cancer in your body. And we don't know how that happened. You can go home, get off your medicine, just as Tyler said. And here's the deal. Tyler in his sickness, an enemy trying to take him completely out. him still not fully recovered. and God uses Tyler, this wounded kid who's sick, prays for my mom and she gets completely healed. Amen. in. Huh? You know, we are all wounded healers, but we're not hopeless victims. Our, our job is just to get completely encapsulated by the glorious gospel and when we're suffering, when we're going through trials and we're going through tribulations is to not get caught up in the chaos, but to be conformed into that place of going after the commissioning of Jesus. You know, some of you guys are here and you're, and you're suffering through stuff whether it's a, a marriage, whether it's mental illness, whether it's a brokenness, or maybe it's you're suffering through sickness. Or maybe you know somebody that's going through that, and, and if you are, man, what we need to do is be Jesus, for, be Jesus with skin on for those people. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna encounter suffering, we're gonna encounter trials, we're gonna encounter tribulations, but the admission of the gospel never stops. When the storms come at us, we press on and press through because we've been called out of that grave. We've been called out of that tomb. We've been called to this glorious gospel. And our suffering will have a purpose in Christ. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to VineyardLive.us or join our Vineyard Life Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.